Welcome back to Sifting Through Trash. I'm here with Molly. Molly, Molly. If you were looking for Molly, I found her. <laughs> okay, Molls. So I wanted you here because it's been a rough week for me, as you've seen. Um, you did pull up to my house blasting Dear John in the middle of the road. So. You know, I've been listening to a lot <laughs> of Taylor Swift, and it's. Um, that's the if anyone follows me on Spotify, that's how they know I'm deteriorating from the inside out. Um, so someone recently told me something, and I think it's so funny. Mm-hmm. They said, um, "Run, don't walk to therapy." Absolutely, we all need a good therapist. In the middle, <laughs> please know, in the middle of the emergency room, like when I was like in the doctor's appointment because I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. My mom, I have a video of my mom literally being like, "What happened to your therapist?" What happened to your therapist? I'm like, mom, she would never, she didn't listen to me. I would literally sit in there and like talk to her about these men mm-hmm. over and over again. And they were just the same story, just with a different name. That's how I felt about my last therapist. Well, actually the only therapist I've had um, in Alabama. Turns out she was also my ex-boyfriend's <gasps> therapist. <laughs> You're fucking lying. Um, and I would just sit on her couch and cry for like an hour and a half a week. And she would About like, him? Yes, about him all the time. And I would literally would just sit on her couch and cry and cry and cry. And, like, she'd be like, well, what do you like to watch on Netflix? And I was like, you're not helping me. I'm like, ma'am, no, don't. Let's not distract. I do enough of that Monday through Thursday. She, yeah, but she'd be like, hmm, self-care. You should watch something. Have some quiet time. Watch TV. And I'm like, I don't... If you're a trained therapist, I think you should have better advice than The past, like, four days. I don't know if you've been feeling this, but I've been feeling like I'm having a fucking heart attack. Like, genuine sharp shooting pains in my chest, shooting down my arm, can't breathe. I feel like I'm gonna go down. I'm preparing for impact at all times for this heart attack. That's kind of terrifying. I understand why you went to the emergency room. Like, that's a scary feeling. I literally was like... Okay, the first day I was like, no one gets it. Yeah. Like people think I'm frustrated with them when I breathe like this. I'm like, no, bitch. Oh my gosh, my co-teacher. I can't breathe. I was literally sitting a nap last one day last week, and I was like trying to inhale a breath deep enough to like to get in to like the penetrate sat- your lungs like, to feel satisfied. Like I had enough air. It also doesn't help that I wear a mask for a whole like nine and a half hour shift. Mm-hmm. But I was literally like trying to inhale, and she was like what's wrong and I was like nothing's wrong she was like are you annoyed am I talking too much I was like no I just literally am not getting enough air to my brain right now (laughs) I never know how to explain that to people I'm like no I genuinely am not getting enough air like and I remember it started when I was like in seventh grade no gotta be earlier I'd say seventh grade that I remember one day I was driving home with my mom and I literally looked at her and I was like I feel like every time I breathe, it's not enough. Yeah. And I'm not breathing. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, every time I breathe, mm-hmm. it's not penetrating my lungs. So she took me to the doctor and they were like, I don't know what she means. And I'm like, so they gave me, you know what they gave me? They gave me the paper bag. To they were, breathe it? Like, yeah. They were like, take a paper bag to school. Cause I would get like. Like, you know when your leg falls asleep? Yeah. I would get that in my face all the time when I was little. Like, like my, 
face would fall asleep. Like, I don't know what it was. And then I eventually was like, okay, um, this sucks. And I thought I was, then I started getting chest pain when I was Mm -hmm. like early, like 12 years old. Yeah. My mom took me to the doctor and I remember we would go to the ER all the time in middle school because I thought I was having a fucking heart attack. Yeah. My poor mother, the times we, the hours we spent in the emergency room. And so then I remember one time I went, they put the EKG on me for like, you know, the, the monitor yeah, that you wear that for a done. couple. Yes. Yeah. Right. OK. And I'm like, I think I'm having a fucking heart attack. And they're like, OK, let's shut this bitch up. Put the EKG on her. Yeah. And so they end up saying it was anxiety, whatever. My mom didn't tell me because she didn't want me to think something was wrong with me because I was a minor. Mm-hmm. So then come like 18 before I leave for New York, I'm like, hi, I need meds. Yeah. I was like, give me... Well, I was convinced I had ADHD. So I told and them. so was I. Yeah, right? Yeah. Everyone's convinced they have ADHD. So I took the MMPI mm-hmm. and I tried to rig it for um, like ADHD. And they were like... And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was psych majors. I knew what they were going to do. I knew they were going to ask the same <laughs> question different ways. So I was like, I got you beat, babe. Yeah. In fact, I literally... <laughs> I, I ended up taking the test and then I had the follow-up appointment and she was like okay so you scored very high in depression and anxiety oh my gosh when I first went to my therapist they made me take a whole test of like ranking one to ten how I feel a bunch of different questions like a hundred questions and they were like you're super depressed you have a lot of anxious tendencies you are very high on the anxiety scales like blah 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 and then they told me that I was a binge drinker oh and borderline alcohol I was like a 19 year old like sophomore in college so like it was like have you ever had more than one drink in a night and I was like yeah oh I shouldn't have said I was 19 oh well they're like have you ever had more than one drink in a night and it's I was fine like, well yes I Hypothetically. have and they were like yeah so you're a, a binge drinker and I was like oh I don't think so and then they told me that um I had body dysmorphia eating disorder. <laughs> And I was like, this these are so things much... I've known since I was like 12. I'm like, listen, baby, this is not groundbreaking. <laughs> Tumblr told me this. I was like, yes, um, I have disordered eating patterns. Sure, honey. I'm like, sure. You call Thanks. it disordered eating. I call it skinny tea. <laughs> so. so basically right off the bat, they told me that there were many things wrong with me. And I was like, none of this is news to me. Like, It's not the worst when it's not new. When it's not new. My favorite is when the new therapist was like, so you're a very high-functioning depressed person. And I was like, but I'm happy. (laughs) Literally, every time a fucking therapist has tried to tell me I'm depressed, I go, no. Yeah. I'm very happy, but I'm... Just because I have a melancholy soul... Yes. Doesn't... Which which turns out a melancholy soul is depression. Which is something you... I have always had in common with each other in our friendship. It was like, we were so, like... Sad. Sad. (laughs) We are sad bitches. Like, very much bonded over the fact we were very sad. You, me, and Davina, who are all Scorpio moons, are sad bitches. We were just... I mean, I remember... Sad, horny bitches. I remember in high school, me, you, and Davina, like, smoking on your roof at your old house and then going back down into your basement and just all laying in your room crying... Oh, here's the thing too is I feel like okay I don't know how I smoked so much weed in high school Mm -hmm. because now as an adult I could not I could I just can't 
because my anxiety is so I just feel like I go somewhere where I become so hyper aware of my body. Yeah. And I'm already hyper aware of my body anyways that when I'm high, it's just miserable. Right. It's fucking miserable. Like the last time I smoked, I thought my throat was closing. It was miserable. I was watching Vanderpump Rules. I was like, let me watch something lighthearted to just exit the universe for a second and relax. You know what I saw when I saw Vanderpump Rules? (laughs) All I saw was human fucking suffering. Yeah. I was like, they're not in a happy relationship. <laughs> they're not happy and they're getting married. These people aren't happy. No one's fucking happy. Right. And then there I am in my bed, high, thinking about human suffering on a Tuesday. Actually, until recently, I always thought that I really hated getting high. I hadn't gotten high in probably four or five years, mm-hmm. probably since about like senior year of high school. Really? And I always, I didn't smoke a lot in high school. I smoked, I think, mainly, like, with you. And we That's, didn't smoke a lot. No, we didn't. We you were the, you, you were the first person I ever smoked weed with. I ever smoked weed with, and it was a kind of, it wasn't a bad experience for it me. Was, I was just very high. It was a horrifying experience for you. This was when we were walking home. We were on, like, the intersection of, like, 3rd and Orange, 4th mm-hmm, and Orange, where mm-hmm. the traffic lights are. Mm-hmm. And you were like, That's a green light and I was like Bella it's a That's solid so red scary. light and you were like I just looked at it it was green and we were fighting on the corner we were, like seeing things and having a very very bad experience because I thought that you were trying I thought you were really high and you were making things like really dramatic and I yeah. was like Molly then, you need to calm down you're scaring me yeah and then I thought you, but you were fine I was a little I was a little, you were a little in touched. my own world, but like I but Do you remember when like, I started running saying my legs weren't working? Yes. You were like my legs aren't working, like that my I can't feel them and I was like, You're like standing up walking right now. <laughs> <laughs> but see that's me every time I smoke. I become hyper fucking aware of my body. But then there's like the other time we got high in high school where like we walked from the beach all the way back to like here, like your first apartment. Yeah. So we were walking like down ocean by like all the big boulders, the whole wall of rocks by yeah. the beach. And we swear to God, we both, we looked at it and there was like a How man. do we both see it? We both saw it. <laughs> we both saw it. There was like a man holding up one of a the rock. rocks. <laughs> okay. But really, I think that I, my whole life just am not meant to take hallucinogens oh absolutely not i think if i were to ever take anything other than weed honest to god i could never do anything and i i don't know how people are like yeah i'm just gonna go into the wilderness and take lsd for a spirit and i'm like i wish i have friends like that i we both have friends like that who are like totally into that and have a good time like taking shrooms like casually weed not weed but like acid and stuff and like that's tripping on purpose and personally like I do not fuck with hallucinogenics. And no, I, I would do not, not want to be around people who are hallucinating. Because they could kill me. Did. My ex-boyfriend, who was overall pretty nasty, horrible. A Scorpio. Human. Sorry. He was a Scorpio. Sorry, Davina. I love you. <laughs> I don't love Scorpio men are very different, though. Scorpio men. I, the sex not, is great, but they're awful. They're not for me, personally. No. But we've gone through a really nasty breakup and then he calls me and he's freaking out and i go over to his apartment he's bought shitty laced weed from some random person we lived in alabama where weed is weed is not legal um and he's 100 percent hallucinating he bought shitty weed that was laced with something and for literally over 12 hours like the whole night he was violently hallucinating that there was like a mass shooting and was like 
laying on top of me, holding me down, saying he couldn't let the shooter get to me. Like, it was truly horrifying. And then I ended up checking him into the psych ward where he was put into a medically induced coma for four days. Um, and yep. that's when the university mandated me to go to therapy. <laughs> you know, I stand by the University of Alabama on that one. So they mandated I had to go to therapy after I checked him into the psych ward because I had to call campus police that oh. he was hallucinating. And so that's why I started going to therapy, but I probably needed a therapist well before then. That was also the first time I really, like, talked to anyone about my anxiety and depression. When, like, I I was thinking about it the other day. Like, the first time I remember feeling anxious, I was probably in, like, second grade. Yeah. Yeah. Where I can actually remember it. Like, we were on the playground at school, and it was, like, right before pickup time, and all of these sirens, because we've lived right by the police station of fire station or my Mm -hmm. school was right between those and all these sirens went by and I literally in my head was like my mom was driving to school and got in a car accident she's yes (laughs) oh my god did you ever like okay I would always make up these crazy stories and like would work myself up as a kid and I got and I was like worked up about it everyone's dead I was like everyone's dead like between like it was like a 15 minute pickup window between like 245 and 3 my mom was like always pretty much on time and she probably got there at like 250 like, mm-hmm. five minutes after the bell rang, after I'd already worked myself up into, like, she got in a car accident, that's where the fire trucks were going, that's where the ambulances were going, like, my mom crashed the car, like, she's probably dead right now, and then she was, like, five minutes late to school, and I was, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there she is. But that was, like, that was, like, seven years old, and I can, like, st- still vividly remember that feeling of being, like... Horrified. And, like, really working myself up about it and feeling that anxious. I my earliest memory with mental health was trying to kill myself when I was seven (laughs) but that was but it was no but it wasn't like an actual attempt it was like but it was the first time that I remember I realized I was like oh (laughs) wait that was weird I tried to kill myself by overheating (laughs) it's actually kind of funny trigger warning um but no I really I thought I could do it because my mom I don't know why but she made me feel unloved (laughs) that's something else we could unpack (laughs) (laughs) it was a very specific thing that she did she made me Mm -hmm. feel very unloved and i was like might as well just fucking die i'm sorry i'm not laughing no but am i not the most dramatic fucking person (laughs) i'm laughing because i'm looking at your face while you're telling this story (laughs) (laughs) no please know that i was seven and i put i very vividly remember (laughs) this i put like maybe seven jackets on (laughs) Got, like, so many things about it. And my mom finally came into my room and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to die from heat. And she literally was like, don't do that. And that was it. I was like, is no one alarmed at the suicidal child? Is no one alarmed? But but here's the thing. And I, I, I give this story to every therapist when I start, okay? Yeah. I go, listen. Listen. I, I textbookly would be considered... A risk. Yeah. Be- let, let me tell you why. This is so trigger warning. But no, let me tell you why I would be a risk. Mm-hmm. But to any therapist. I'm very, I guess, sad to my core. But very happy. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. I can, cons- like, okay. You know those, like, people who are like, check on your happy friends. Yeah. That's very much you and I. Yeah. Because we're very outwardly very funny. But I wouldn't, I always joke, I'm like, 
Oh, this is so dark. I'm like, Mom, you're going to find me one day. I'm like, Stella. No, it's not good. It's I always, not good. I always joke with her, but I'm like, no, but seriously, one day I'm going to do it. And Laura's like, no. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But I <laughs> I notice that when I'm really sad, I make more suicidal jokes. Yeah. But I never mean them. And I tell every therapist this. This is why I don't mean them. I am. You, 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 you get this. Mm-hmm. I will never kill myself. Because, and this is on record, I will never kill myself. I know what you're going to say. Because I'm horrified of dying. Horrified. Horrified. I just don't know what's on the other side. Is it all black? I'm not really religious. What if there is a God and he's pissed that I'm not religious? What if it all goes black? I don't see anyone ever again. Fuck my sister. Fuck my parents. Everyone's gone. You just never see anyone again. You have such a fear of dying that you would never do it. You've told me that where you're like, I joke, but I could never. I joke, but I will never because I'm so scared of death itself. And that's where my anxiety and my depression meet. And it's a beautiful balance because they keep me alive. Yeah, you have have more anxieties over that than I do, I think. Over death? Yes, because I remember, like, before coronavirus became, like, a huge thing, you and I were having coffee, and this was probably end of February, like, right after your birthday, so yeah. two weeks before everything shut down and things mm-hmm. got bad, and mm-hmm. you were like, oh, are you, like, scared of coronavirus? And I was like... <laughs> so everyone has this memory of me being very worried. And I was like, if I go, I'm going. And I literally looked at you and was like, what do you mean if you go, you're going? Like, what do you mean? Any of us could go at any moment. Like I am. That's like, why I'm go to the ER because I'm nervous. But I don't. I I'm not. I mean I am, but like I'm not like horrified over <laughs> dying. Aren't you fucking sick of what's on the other side? You have you have more of oh gosh I'm trying to think of the word. existential dread. Existential dread. That was exactly where I was. Going I know with this. That. You, you have, know those you videos? You know those videos of like, oh my god! I okay. I think this is why I had to go to the mm-hmm. ER the other day because I was laying down. I've been in this panic attack and a constant panic attack for like maybe three days where I just haven't been able to feel my face or my limbs. Yeah. And I'm very good at functioning with mm-hmm. it, but I just breathe very heavily because I don't want to let anyone know, and I clench my chest because it hurts really bad. Right. And I just am not paying attention to mm-hmm. anything anyone's saying. Um, how I drive is incredible to me (laughs) how i go to spin having a panic attack is incredible to me it's i'm debilitated but by the time i get home i'm just fucking like in my bed in like just comatose right and then i like i was laying in bed after two days of having this fucking enduring this Mm -hmm. anxiety like just whatever so i'm in bed and i'm on tiktok just trying to escape you're right and i see this video and this video Gets me every time to spiral into an existential <laughs> crisis. And fuck whoever made these videos. They're, you know, the, you've seen them. It's like the one where it's like, you're here. This is the earth. This is your continent. This is the fucking Milky Way. This is what's outside of the Milky Way. Yes, and I've just shows this. you how fucking how small, small you are. I can't do those. Like, fucking the planets and like existence mm-hmm. and the Milky Way mm-hmm. and how big everything is really. Right just destroys me mentally because right. I can't handle it. I physically, my little pea brain, it gets like, it's just not good. So then I'm laying there, Molly, and I just feel a fucking shot to my chest. 
I, a yeah. shot. <laughs> and I literally just go, oh, no, it's happening. I'm spiraling. I'm like, I'm not doing good. I put my phone down. Because after I see those videos, I have to put my phone down. Right. And then I was like, I'm going to take a bath. I took two baths. Hour long. <laughs> and I was like, I'm okay. I'm massaging my chest. And I keep calling my mom every hour because I'm like, you might come home to a blue, cold body. Oh my god. Be- no, that poor woman, she's ready for me. <laughs> she's ready to see the worst because I'm actually convinced I'm in cardiac arrest. Like in this moment I'm convinced yes. and I was like, "Mom, like when are you coming home? Like I'm scared. Like can you- like I'm scared whatever." And then normally this is the part that peeves me. When I when I say I'm scared, all I want is for you to be there when I pass. I've already accepted that I'm leaving. <laughs> okay. And I just need you to be there so you don't walk in on me dead later okay you know so i'm trying to be nice to my mom consider it so i was like can you just be here (laughs) so and then laura's like actually thinking of like actual solutions so she's like we're taking you to the emergency room like we're taking you to the emergency room because like you're just this has been going on for two days now like we're taking you and i'm like i don't have health insurance (laughs) (laughs) she's like get in the fucking car so we go to a clinic in barrio logan Mm -hmm. which is the one that I still owe money to, low-key, because I had an anxiety attack in July of last year. Right. I need to pay that bill, low-key. My dad was pissed when we got there. He's like, did you ever pay the bill? I was like, no. I'm like, dad. And he started getting mad about me. I'm like, dad, we are here at urgent care right now because I'm not well, and you're right. going to talk to me about a bill? And so they wouldn't let my mom up because of, you know, Rona. Right. So I just had to go in by myself. and I, I had to do that recently also. That's fucking and- scary. I was like, Mom, can you come with, in with me? And, and they she were was like, like no. they're not going to let you. They're not going to let you. And I had to do it all by myself. 23-year-old that I am. <laughs> like the 23-year-old that we are. No, I literally was like, when you tell them you have chest pain, they skip everyone. Like, they skip you over everyone. And, like, I remember, like, I went up and I was like, and I started getting more nervous because now I'm alone. And I'm right. like, I'm going to, my whole fear is dying without somebody there. Right. Like, I, that's just, like, my worst fear. So I was, like, now I'm more nervous because, like, if this really is it and they have to, for some reason, open up my chest right now. This is how my brain works. If they have to <laughs> open up my chest right now on that table, yeah. my mom's going to be outside in the parking lot. <laughs> and so, and I don't really like her, but I'd still like her there. Right. <laughs> you don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. And so I'm there. And then they immediately take me to the room. They take off my shirt. They mm-hmm. put the EKG on me all fucking dramatically. And I'm like, low-key, all I want is the EKG. I'm like, just tell me. I'm tell good. me that my heart's normal. I'm like, just tell me that my heart's normal so I can go home and chill and tell myself it's not my heart. That's right. all I want. I've been com- trying to convince my mom to buy me an EKG for like a year now. So, so you can see your so own I can do it and be like, yeah. oh, my heart is regular. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. You get it. So I they put the EKG on me and the lady was being so sus like she was not saying a single thing to me and i was like okay so she's not really giving me any context clues Mm -hmm. she would like and then when she did the reading she printed out this paper and she storms out of like runs and i'm like oh god i was like oh my god ma'am and then she like comes back in she goes anyone take your vitals and i go yeah like they took my blood pressure before i came she goes okay runs out again i'm like hello and then she comes back in and then she like starts typing away and i look at her and i go am i okay and she goes oh yeah like you're fine but like i can't say that because you have to wait for the doctor so the doctor will explain more when he comes in (laughs) but like it looks good and i was she's like but i can't say anything because the doctor has to explain it to you i was like okay okay i'm like hello (laughs) and then the doctor and as i was getting the ekg this is where i fucked up i texted my mom on my apple watch and i said 
I'm scared. Two separate texts because it was like the Apple Watch mm-hmm. typing. And I, the doctor comes in literally two seconds later as he's like talking to me. Laura basically kicks the door down <laughs> and goes, hello. And I'm like, and me and the doctor are like, yes. And he goes, he's scared. He's like, who's this woman? I go, this is my mom. And she goes, oh my God, you almost gave me heart attack myself what a leo she's like i'm gonna have a heart attack one day with what you do to me and she's like i guess her and my dad were outside and then they see an actual ambulance and a paramedic team pull up like and firefighters pull up and they ran upstairs and my mom goes that's bella that's so bella and my mom like ran up there she fucking scared my dad my dad started running they thought I was, they literally, I really thought I was going to be Snow Patrol, fucking Grey's Anatomy style on the fucking table. Yeah. Make my chai tea come out of my nose. <laughs> and then my mom comes up, she goes, they took me to another room with another lady. That was not my child. She goes, I'm here now. And I'm like, okay. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, well, I don't know. He just got here. <laughs> and the doctor just goes, he's like, okay, so... It doesn't look like it's a heart attack. Your EKG is great. Yeah. So like I can tell that like you are healthy. I'm like, thank, thank you, you, the first non-fat phobic fucking <laughs> doctor in this bitch. Me and my spark cycle leggings at the fucking ER. <laughs> and he's like, no, like I can tell like you're active, like you have a good heart, whatever. I'm like, really? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wink. And then he's like, um, then this is my favorite part. He goes, so medication. How do you feel about it? And I said, I took Zoloft. And it makes me really suicidal. And it made me hate everyone that I love. So. That's what Lexapro did to me. Okay. And everyone's like, take Lexapro, bitch. <laughs> Lexapro makes me so great. It, it lit- I hear so many different things. But Zoloft is what I had. And then two of my closest friends are on Zoloft and they love it. And I'm like, and then yeah. I know so many people on Lexapro who love it. It so many people differently. It's so crazy. And I'm like, I literally was so suicidal and like so like, like genuinely. And I was just so like numb. That it also, it kind of made me, like, a little, like, yeah sociopathic, I think. Like, I literally was, like, with Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, like, uh, oh, could not finish for my life. Sex was right. not great. And I was, like, would I rather have my nut or be not depressed? Do you want to think what I chose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I made that decision. And um, I never, that was, like back in 2018 that I was on it and I told him I was like do not want to be on medication right he's like what about therapy and I was like um I'm like listen I was like here's the thing is that I feel like I talk and I get out what I need to say but no one gives me actual advice or help yeah that's how I felt it was nice to have a safe place to speak just like speak and even if I said just like ranted for a whole hour about nothing relevant like it just felt good it just felt good because i could leave and be like at least i said those things out loud yeah but after a while i was like okay i'm coming in here i pay so much for you i'm just yeah it's like i could just talk to a friend yeah but then low-key you could say that but then low-key all your friends when you're actually going through something are like crickets they're like they look at you blank and they're like what Mm -hmm. i'm like okay this didn't feel good either because now i feel isolated and alone i just feel alone yeah. You know? And I'm like, ah, great. At least the fucking therapist, when she looks at me and she doesn't know what to say, at least it's because she's a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> T. And I'm like, you, as my friend, her just looking at me blank face right now, it makes Which, me feel more alone. My, when I was prescribed 
Lexapro, my psychiatrist I was referred to, like the school psychiatrist, was she asked, she was like, do you want to take something like daily to try to like manage the anxiety or do you just want something you can take like case by case when you're having like a panic attack? And I said daily, they put me on Lexapro. I absolutely hated it. Like worst seven months of my life. Like, I should have just had her give me Xanax. I'm like, Papa Xanax. I honestly think... I also don't want to do that. Like, if I were prescribed Xanax, it would be really great for my episodes, like, when I'm having that whole shindig. Right. But I wouldn't take it on the daily, I don't think. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. So he prescribed me um, something to get down my adrenaline. Right. He was like, you just, you're just so worked up Mm -hmm. over literally, like, just being scared that you're having a heart attack. He's like... I'm going to set you up with an appointment with a cardiologist just to make you feel better and also a therapist. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sick, 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 sick. girly <laughs> things, just girly things. Um, so, yeah, that was my week in the fucking ER. And um, a lot. <laughs> like I said, run, run, don't walk to therapy. You have to run, run. Oh, God, I feel so bad that my therapist just got ghosted. Well, What did you expect when I sat there and talked to you about my breakup for a year and you didn't (laughs) offer me any advice other than, I don't know, if I were you, I would have just shown up to his house. (laughs) I was like, well. We did that. (laughs) We did it a year late. She doesn't know about it, high key. So funny. Oh. She would be proud. How did we already ghost her? I I had already ghosted her in February. Mm, I see. Because I was like, okay, but I was like, no, ma'am. I was like, listen. I was like, I love you so much, but I feel like I'm just, I'm just pouring my heart here and you're just nodding and looking at me. And what I really need you to do is tell me to shut the fuck up about these white boys that I talk about every other week. Mm -hmm. And I need you to tell me that none of them actually like me. And let's talk about the deeper rooted problems. The the deeper problems. Let's talk about my mommy issues. Push me to talk about my mommy issues. Push me to talk about my fucking oh oh my god i this is where i kind of thought things were wrong because i opened up to her about my um uh well abuse yes that i endured in a past relationship uh uh, like a high school relationship obviously and she was like i don't know she's like i just don't know i don't know how that plays into your life now and i was like she's just a shitty therapist i was like you don't understand how my abusive relationship of fucking five years plays into my life now as an adult yeah which i actually did i i uncovered a lot about myself while i was going to therapy but she didn't really help me with any any of it yeah i'm like Like, she didn't help me she didn't give me tools to like heal from any of it she was just like helped me realize what was wrong with me and then just sent me out in the world with all of this knowledge that I didn't really want. I I almost feel like now I have more knowledge that I didn't want. Like, okay, now I know I have have spoken about things in detail. And it also really bothers me when people don't cry with me. I don't know. Maybe it's a Pisces thing. I'm like, why aren't you sad? I'm sitting here broken and you're not, you're not touched a little. This is what made, that's why I had to stop my yeah. therapy route because I was like I I get the therapists aren't supposed to do that but as someone who was training to be a therapist so I, I wanted to be a therapist also I want to be I think sad I girls really want to be therapists because they want to help other people who are also sad but then I realized yeah. very quickly like after I was like oh I'm gonna have to do like therapy with people who have really fucked up things and I'm gonna have to not break down and take that home Right. And I was like, I can't. It's do really that. hard to com- 
compartmentalize those It things. would be so emotionally draining because I know I would be the therapist who would cry with people. Right. And that's what's fucked. You can't do that. Right. Who's like, oh, my therapist cried with me. But then at the same time, I'm the one who's like, I want a therapist who will cry with me. No. I want other people to be happy. And like, I, know I can you do. deal with like whatever. It's like. It's so funny to me. It's not going to hurt my feelings if you're really, if I, if you're really craving something to eat. I'm like, I'll find something to eat there. Like, I want you to be happy and get what you want. <laughs> I literally, I think more people on this planet should be like you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. No, it's so true. Like, I think if more people were more, like, compromising. So I I meant to ask for a a iced coffee with 12 pumps of classic syrup in high school. I would never drink that now. And you guys got me lemonade (laughs) with 12 pumps of classic syrup. And I remember... We were sitting there waiting for the drink, and then they called it, and they they gave us lemonade. And I remember looking at it being like... <laughs> I didn't order lemonade. I didn't order lemonade, but he said my name. Weird. And I remember grabbing it being like, okay, I guess this is mine. Just I was so bad at like confrontation, and that's not even confrontation. Like, but I was so bad at speaking up for myself, and I think that was because of so many years I spent with a very abusive person, and also my mom. I think I've always been compromising just because, like, I mean, I... First of all, I'm kind of like I'm easygoing. I'm like I don't. You're really very care. easygoing. I'm like I'll be happy with whatever. I'm just like if I'm planning a dinner with someone, it's like I'm happy with your company. I don't care where we're going. Like we could sit at Panera, we could sit at Starbucks for two hours and just talk, which is like usually when I get my time with you because we're on very different schedules. But then there are other things where I find myself doing now where it's like especially in relationships and Ugh. friendships where it's it's caused by leftover like i guess traumas from being it's definitely a trauma response shitty people i think i'm so happy you brought it up because i've been dying to talk about it our relationship trauma yes is very very special it's very special and our relationship traumas are are different between you and i yes like holy shit (laughs) but at the root of it you and i cannot speak up for ourselves Oh, not at all. You and I would rather not say anything. Right. And, oh, this is so bad. We'd rather not say anything and, like, continue living in a fun limbo. Right. Than addressing something and knowing what's going on. Right. Or it's like, when things were good, things were good. Mm -hmm. And when they weren't, it would be like... Oh God, I was I was a wreck. I was a mm-hmm. mess for like years, mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And that's something like myself. Like I've only like probably two months ago, I was like, I feel like me. Like I haven't mm-hmm. felt that way in like years, where mm-hmm. I was like not afraid of like I don't know. He caused a lot of fear for me. And I think the fear, he was, yeah. Like, aggressive, yeah. Abusive or aggressive, but like it's the instability. Right. It would be like it would be stuff like it'd be like, oh, I think I'm gonna go to dinner with my roommates tonight, and it would be like, hope you have fun fucking whoever you're with right now, and then blocking me on everything and causing me to have like panic attacks, full panic attacks, like hyperventilating, being like, why did you block me? I'm just going to dinner with my roommates, or I'm just watching a movie with my roommates, and like. It caused, like, oh, like, me, even after, like, I ended, like, fully ended that relationship, and 
contact and I knew there was like no chance of like anything there and had moved on from it like with people I've talked to after that like I get scared being like oh I think I'm gonna have a movie night with my roommate like it's a scary thing for me Mm -hmm. because I'm like maybe this will be like and boys like it's not like that and it's still like in the back of my head like that fear and I don't I honestly don't think I even really talk about it that much like you're probably one of the only people I like talk to about the Scorpio who shall not be named Scorpio the first time I went to his house his parents house he invited me up there and he had I can't believe it's not butter I miss his butter oh god (laughs) because my trauma is funny other people's trauma isn't funny but my own trauma. oh my trauma is hilarious I you know that I love telling funny stories oh me too my favorite some people go oh this is so bad this is so bad trigger warning trigger warning trigger warning (laughs) When people go, have you ever done blank, like, something? And I'll go, not consensually. <laughs> and I say it's so straight face, And everyone is, like, it's one of those ones where people, like, stop. And they look at you, like, uh, what? Yeah. And I'm just, like, oh, it's, like, it's fine. I was, like, it's fine. <laughs> not less triggering news. I feel like my situation, because you and me were both kind of in a situation for the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was more during my developing years, right? which was just, uh, Which that all happened to you when you were a child, a child. Yeah. Like when you really think about it, like- but I'm almost happy that I experienced that at that age because I think when I would turn 19, I finally like let that go. Right. Cause the abuse went all the way to like when I came back from New York. Right. When he like verbally like assaulted me. We were yeah. only together relationship wise for a year and a half, which is absolutely fucking because psycho it, when you do the math. Like because that. it because it was off and on and off and on and off and on. But nobody knew about it for six years. And it was the way that this man would creep into my life mm-hmm. and would convince me to do everything for him, like his homework. I was Ooh, in yeah. I was in New York yeah. doing homework for his college Spanish mm-hmm. class, like logging in in New York City to his like online portal right and like it was just so toxic and it was just so like it was just so bad and like he would always feed me the idea that we were going to get back together which i don't know why i so desperately like wanted that but it was like right this like idea that like well i can't be seen with you because like i what the truth is that he couldn't be seen with me because he had other bitches right but i was like oh we can't be seen together because we just can't be seen together. I mean, but I'll never forget. Um, I the second I finally like left him, like my sophomore year, and I started dating somebody else, he had a full blown meltdown. Was mm-hmm. like sending me if I was your man YouTube link, like do you? Yes. <laughs> and was like, I have a gift for you. Like, can you come by my house? So I went to his house, and I remember he like left to the bathroom, and I. Oh, God, this is the last time I've ever checked a phone in my life. I was 16, and I went through his Facebook Messenger, and I... God! Every girl has to learn this lesson once in her life. You check a phone. This is the lesson. You do it once, and it's like... I I don't understand. The girls who do it over and over again, the girls who do it over and over again, like on a weekly basis, I'm like, you have not endured real pain, because this was... A feeling in your stomach that you will 
It's never. It's horrendous. It is. It, you have to feel that feeling once and you just know that you you just say to yourself, I never want to feel this. Feel-. It's such a gross ass feeling. It's like the worst. feels like someone literally it's the cut your stomach world, open. And I, I stayed after it. And it was. Oh, I stayed too, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So I literally. It's, it's, it's nauseating. It's like. Oh, my God. It felt like I, my then, soul had I left my body. I was so delusional. So I, delusional. Like, I convinced myself. That it wasn't I was real. like. No, I'm like, not. Possible. Isn't it so crazy to look it's back like at I, all? It's like I read those messages. I read. Those I literally messages. read. I literally saw it with my eyes. With my eyes, and I still convinced myself. I was like, if I'm a better person, he'll stop talking to other girls, and we okay, we just see, don't have to deal with it. And first of all, I could, I would never, ever in a million years, fucking check a any phone now. Phone no, again. never I was, again. I was literally like 19 years old, like out of my mind because he literally made me they they turn you crazy and the best part is that when they move on i could never do it again i am like i could never it was so uh, draining you get it does every girl have every i think every girl has a story like this because this shit is fucked up and the sooner you can get out of it the sooner you can like i think walk away with less trauma because now it's so ingrained in me to never walked away after like the first red flag oh my god baby i don't think you're a good person i lost 27 pounds in the two two and a half months the skinniest broke up skinniest i've ever skinniest i've ever been i was only like 130 i couldn't eat i couldn't it's because you're so nervous was falling out yeah I was an absolute disaster. It's because you're so nervous you can't eat. I was so nervous for all the... Cause, and it's not because of any... It's because you don't know how this person is going to lash out on you. Right. From day right. to day. And uh-huh. you don't... And, like, I like my situation, he was very aggressive and would throw mm-hmm. things and would, like, fucking verbally assault me all the time. Right. And so I... And same thing with the girl stuff. Like, I always knew... I always had that sick feeling that somebody was, like, on the... Like, he was cheating or he was talking to other girls. Like... It was that feeling that made me so nervous. I never ate. I could only eat cold fruit like every couple days. And it was right. just like nausea because I was so nauseous all the time. I'd be like, oh, I'll have some drinks with my roommates. I'll have fun. I'll try to like get out, be like, do something normal, move past this and like try to start, you know, existing as a mm-hmm. human being. He would unblock me and send me like literally text after like dozens of texts. And that's row. what it is. And I wouldn't respond and he'd be like, fuck you you fucking whore yeah i was gonna ask you to get back together Ugh. and you're i can i was gonna ask you to get back together somebody else yeah. right now doesn't even matter anymore i know someone that lives in your apartment building they said there have been guys at your house all the time Ugh. and then i would try to defend myself and i'd be like i haven't had guys over like i don't know what you're talking about and he'd be like fuck you just you and get gaslit just like exactly like and i didn't even know the term gaslighting oh me either oh no and looking back i'm like I was gaslit for I was five years. Gaslit for such a long time, and it's but crazy. It would be like, I wanted things to work out so, so bad. bad, yeah. Because he truly made me feel like it was something wrong with me. Oh, that's the best part. Where I would be like, "Well, I'll be a better person," and he would tell me that. Also, he'd be like, "When do you think you he was a narcissist?" And when you're ready, then maybe I could love you again. And I'm like looking back i'm a fucking idiot looking back i'm a fucking idiot too and i would never be in a relationship like that again no i didn't have any interest interest in like talking to anyone for like a very long time 
Yeah. Like, it took me graduating and, like, moving away from, like, literally 2,000 miles away from him to feel comfortable, like, even entertaining the thought of having feelings again. I think when you're in it, it feels mm-hmm. so, like isolating you feel like you that's not there's nothing more that you want than to make it work because you've already been so fucking drained by this person that then what did what did we do it for and what did we do it for then what is all this fucking stress and pain for if it's not for us to end up together when really the whole thing was for us to never end up together i should have just never end up together once they betray your trust the first time you really can never go back he also i mean I laugh about it. I tweeted about it because I oh, think this is so bad. Funny. This is so bad, this Molly. Was like right. I after, know what you're gonna say. Right after I started dating this guy, it was the end of my freshman year of college. I was 19. Uh, actually, I was 18 because I my freshman year of college finished. I was still 18 years old. My birthday's the end of May, so I went up to. He picked me up, and I literally looked. <laughs> And there was a coffee cup in his passenger seat that had lipstick on it from Starbucks and literally had the name Ashley on the side of it. And I'm like, oh, whose coffee cup is this? And he got so defensive about it. Uh. Started yelling. Like, literally, this was our first argument. Like, he made me cry. Because I was like, I was kind of joking. I was like, whose coffee cup is this? And he was like, my sister borrowed my car. Like, blah, blah, blah. Is you his sister's name Ashley? No, his sister's name is not Ashley. I actually, I adore his sister. Anyways, that caused me a lot of trauma, and I really told myself after that, I was like, I don't think I'll ever love anybody again. Tea. Like, I don't think I'm, I was so deeply burned in that whole situation mm-hmm. that I was like, I don't think I could ever open back up or be able to love somebody or entertain the idea of loving somebody. And I'm a very lovey person. Like I, I agree. want love. I am a hopeless romantic. I want love so badly. You and I are both like that, but we get so but burned that it feels impossible to be soft again. In the situation I'm in now, like you know, like it's been a very, very slow burn. It's a slow burn. <laughs> I can't wait to meet someone who makes me remind myself that I'm not heartless. Because you it's know me, I'm a really good feeling. I'm a soft bitch. I'm soft. I am softer I'm than soft. soft, and I love love. But recently, I just find myself being like, "What is it? like? What? For, why do people do relationships? Like that's just suffering. Right. It's just suffering. Right. Even though my last relationship was super great, like I was happy until I wasn't happy to happy the very last work. day. Yeah. Like to the very last day, I was so fucking happy, and that's the problem. Is like, it's almost like the relationships that come after the abusive ones are worse. Because those are the ones that teach you to be soft again. Yes, which has been very hard for me. And even hard, like, Mm. I don't talk about it a lot, but, like, times where, like, things have really, like, made me emotional, it's really hard to explain. I'm like, look, like, this is my experience in relationships, and Mm -hmm. this is how that made me feel. Like, it's very hard, especially to someone who's obviously not a sociopath. (laughs) Yeah. It would be like, why would someone ever treat someone like that? It's hard for them to understand. Like, yeah. I literally lived through this mm-hmm. for several years. No, my last relationship, he did not understand even a little bit of, like, anything because that I endured. He was like, I don't get it. Like, he would yell at you. I was like, he's like, like, raise his voice. I was like, no, like, would scream and throw things at me. Would call me a fucking bitch, piece of trash. Like, 
awful. He told me to go back to my country <laughs> while I was still naked after he had sex with me. After I'm Sorry, just gonna I'm not laughing, wait. No, can I just but... talk about the last time? <laughs> wait, this is really such a story. I think this is so fitting for the election. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, well, well. So he did cheat on me in my when I went through the phone. It was like a full blown. You know when you just have the intuition and you just are yeah. called to a specific name? Right. Uh, even though there was a bunch of names on there that I should have looked at. Looking at the guys' messages, the friends, the messages with their guy friends are in the most telling. I went to this very specific name that I didn't recognize and it was a girl. And it was way down there. And I found it. And it was a full-blown relationship. Met the mom. Fucking I like you so much. Hard eyes. My mom really liked you. When are you coming over next? Oh, oh, I'm I get so gross just thinking about it. But it was so bad and I remember I locked the screen on the messages mm-hmm. and he came back in the room and I tossed him his phone. So I I left. This man called me fifty two times. Fifty two times. And I remember I told him I said I want to read every single message and if you deleted it, there's no way I'm ever talking to you again. And he had already deleted it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah. Good luck. And then I was back four months later. It's just the cycle. And then eventually I left it's for... It's really hard to break out of. And you leaving... Like, I had to leave when I graduated and left. I mean, I already knew it was, like, that was it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it takes, like, literally just, like, leaving and creating, like, an entirely new life. Basically, I just got a little existential and I started thinking about how he uses drugs very heavily. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know why I'm a good person, but I sent him a text. I'd already had not talked to him in almost like four months, five months. It was doing great. And I sent him a text that was just like, hey, I just want you to know that if anything ever happened to you, I would be very sad. And I just hope that you know that I don't hate you, even though I should have hated him at this point. But I allowed him. And for some reason, that was just a peace offering. really hard concept for a lot of people it's like i don't really hate people no matter how no i don't dirty they've done me i'm like i'm like i genuinely hope people that have hurt other people i agree get to grow up and be different because also like you know i don't know i think a lot of people can relate to not hating their abuser and being confused about it like i will never hate him because time to even acknowledge the fact that i was abused and you can probably really oh entirely because it was like news to me oh and when it came to me i was like wait breaking headlines i was abused (laughs) it was absolutely news it was shocking oh i remember the day i found out i was literally like called me i remember do you remember when i called you and i was like wait break me and i was literally like wow that's a lot the last time that i saw this man which this if this doesn't explain the abuse, mm-hmm. I don't know what does. After that text that I had sent, like the peace offering, right. which was just meant to be a peace offering, I was manipulated back into this little fucking thing. Um, one time we were hooking up in the daytime in my old apartment. And he literally was just like, oh, like, is it okay if like I don't use a condom? And I was like, um, no, I am not on birth control. Don't do that. He was like begging me he's like please 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 like he's like let me just like please and i was just like okay well at this point what am i gonna say 
But I was like, okay, fine, whatever. He's like, I will prompt. No, this is the best part. I will buy you. I will buy it for you. How much is it? $50. I got it. No worries. I got it. I'm like, you sure? He's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Please. I just really want to. And I was like, hmm. I'd really prefer if we didn't. But okay. He does. It happens. And then I look at him immediately after and go, okay, let's get the fucking day after pill. And he looks at me and goes, this is my favorite line of all time. He goes, I think you're good. I think you're good. I think you'll be fine. And I literally looked at him and I said, sir, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. I said, no, 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 no. I don't think I'm good. Actually, actually, I'm not good. And I was like, no, like, that's so wrong. Like, you literally, like, told me that you were going to get it. Like, that's so wrong. Like, I was so, I was so upset. And I, oh, rightfully. And I think he's never seen me, like, stand up for myself and, like, for my body. And I, like, was so upset. And I was like, this is the pro. He goes, it's too expensive. Like, I'm not paying $50 for a pill. And I was like, well, you should have thought about that. I was like, now I'm going to have to go sit in Planned Parenthood and wait for a fucking hour to get this pill at the time. And then I was like, and at this point, I made a dig because he's, like, very conservative. And I was like, and Planned Parenthood, which you don't even fucking believe in because you're fucking Republican. And he right. literally snapped on. I'm still naked, okay? He goes, if you don't like it, why don't you go back to wherever the fuck you came from? And I literally looked at him and I was like, Man, sir, I was born on Zion Street in sunny San Diego in 1997. So I don't know where the fuck you're talking about. And so I literally looked at him and I was like in shock that he said that. Then he proceeded to go on a fucking tirade where he was just like, you're a piece of shit. You're fucking garbage. You are trash. Like delete my number. I want to watch you fucking delete my number. You bitch like went off went. I'm still naked. Right. With this man's. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, this is not the best feeling. So I was like, okay, like, can you just leave my house now? And so he was like, proceeded to like yell at me for another five minutes. I was like, I just want you to leave my house now. Mm -hmm. He leaves my house. I am sobbing hysterically in my bed, like naked still, obviously. And like, just like, so like shaken by the way that this man yelled at me. Like just like shaking, like, cause this man like got in my face was like very violently like yelling. And I was like, okay. Everything's okay. I didn't get up to lock the door, obviously. And he like, this is when I knew. I think this was the moment for me when it officially clicked. Yeah. He came back like five minutes later, calm, walked into my room, which is kind of alarming that he just walked right back into my house without yeah. knocking. Kind of yeah. weird. And he walked right into my room and looks at me and stares and stands in my doorway and is like, like so calm and like has, this is how I know he's sick mentally. He's like has a soft voice and he goes, I'm sorry, Bells. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, I'm so sorry. It was so gross. And he goes, I'm so sorry, Bells. And I literally just looked at him and was like, I want you to leave my house now. Right. Like, I want you to go. Right. He proceeded to like text me this whole long thing. We'll do whatever you want. Like, I'll even let you, I'll even let you post me on your Instagram. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'll do anything. And I was just like, the worst part is I, yeah it was awful and then that was like the last time we ever spoke and that was in 2016 yeah yeah and then he proceeded to abuse a whole other girl the same exact way and the best part is he told her that i was crazy and that he couldn't say i love you to her for a year 
because I ruined the word love for him. You and the person I was in a relationship with, they they are they're sick. Like they are both sick. Sick. Gone. Like I don't know how someone can treat a whole other human being. Oh, I could never. So horribly. It's honestly terrifying. Be to think that I was in this relationship with this person for so many years to really if you really ask yourself if they loved you, that's the sickest part because I was like you absolutely did not. And that's so gross. Asking myself if he loved me, I'm like that is absolutely not love no but i think in his brain it like, was he thinks it was but it's like i could never call that love but it goes to show you how like delusional they are for them to move on and be like oh yeah she was crazy i'm like did you not consider that you made me a little crazy that you made me a little unhinged now you and i are on the other side of things yeah i hope that this could help somebody who has gone through something similar. Don't let boys treat you like trash. Yeah, and if it doesn't feel right, or if they're like trying to tell you what you can do, or Even projecting cheating insecurities. you think they're the love of your life and things will get better, it's not going to get better. <laughs> and then when you meet somebody that actually is the love of your life, you're going to be really nervous. <laughs> and I wish I wasn't so nervous. Yeah. And I wish I could trust people. But we're working on it, as we'll we know. My therapy appointment is booked for next week. I don't know if I'm better for it, but... <laughs> you know what? I think I am because now I think I low-key, not to say, not to say that made me stronger because it definitely tore me the fuck down. Right. And I like, would never allow myself to be treated like but that But I would never now. allow myself to be treated that way now. And I think that's why I was so, like... I think I stand up for myself more now also. Mm-hmm. When it comes to straight up abuse, when it comes right. to smaller things, I won't speak up at all. Passive, but <laughs> I'm like, I won't ask if you like me or if you have a girlfriend. <laughs> I won't ask you. You're a great texter and a great sexter and a good nude sender. And I just don't have that in me. <sighs> I do. When maybe I, I do. When I'm in love, I do. Anyways. You are not in love with all of those white men. <laughs> I was not in love with all those white men. I was, I was in love with the vision that they yes. sold me. You were in love with. What could have been. What could have been. But they failed me. What the white man could have done. What the white man could have done. But what have I learned? What have I learned? Every time a new white guy slides <laughs> into my DMs, I'm like, what have, I, what have you learned? What have you learned, Bella? Absolutely nothing because you're going to respond. Yeah. So I am just in my lane waiting for a pretty girlfriend. I love that for you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're accepting of me. Well, thank you, Molly, for joining me on this podcast. I am more than happy to be here. I feel like, well, usually when you and I have coffee, we sit there for like two and a half hours. And so now we just have a mic. They like kick us out of Starbucks. Yeah, so. they're like, okay, guys, <laughs> pack it up. Like, time um, to go. They're like, the two bitches in the corner crying. It's time they're, to go. They're like, this is a family establishment. Can you please stop talking about dicks so loud? I'm like, mm, I'm like, um, sorry. actually, I need to catch up with my girl Molly <laughs> and I need to tell her about my weekend. Thank you very much for having me. I'm I've so happy you're here. Looking forward to being here. When I texted you, you literally were like, "I thought you'd never ask," I and I thought, never asked. "I thought you didn't want to be on because you're a teacher." I mean, I am a teacher, but you know, life career paths. We'll see. Whatever. What do they really mean? Do you want to tag your Instagram or your Twitter? Um. Yes. Follow me on Insta. It's Molly K. Molly has three Y's in it. M O L L Y Y Y K. And um, 
Twitter, I'm I'm funny sometimes. She it's, is really funny. At not Molly Keith, and I think that Molly has two wives in it. I love um, that. Not Molly Keith. Yep. The two wives. I hope yes. that this podcast could be helpful for somebody who, you know, has endured similar experiences. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not, you know, anyone else whose mental health is absolutely fucking being deteriorated during this time. Also not alone. Not alone. I am listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. And you know what? I'm going to make it through. Yes, you will. <sighs> Go to therapy. <laughs> Go to therapy. Um, follow the Spotify um, at Sifting Through Trash. Follow us on Instagram at Sifting Through Trash. Follow me on Instagram at Bella Fofella with two O's and an H at the end of Fella. That's also my name on TikTok and Twitter. want to start shooting more TikToks now that I have a bigger room. I'd love to learn a TikTok dance with you. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> All right. That's been the podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. Molly, anything else? Good night, bitches. Good night. That's it. <laughs>